Hello, listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. This week we'll be doing something a little different. You see, this episode will be out on the last day of February, and by extension, the last day of Black History Month. Mythology owes a lot to the many mythologies on the continent of Africa, from the gods of ancient Egypt to the folktales of Anansi the spider and the tortoise and the hare. Those people that were brought to the United States against their will carried with them their diverse cultures and beautiful mythologies full of gods and tricksters and magic. Against all odds, these people continued to tell stories and use their roots to create rich and distinctly African-American folklore. So, for this episode, I wanted to honor Black History Month by telling two rare animal tales. Now, before we start off with these folk tales, there are a few things I just wanted to quickly clarify. These stories will have nothing to do with the Disney properties, which, not even gonna get into that whole racist mess. They will also be reworded a bit, as most are written in an I dialect that mimics the Deep South Gullah dialect. And believe me, aside from that being outright offensive, you really don't want to hear that. Lastly, similarly to the grim fairy tales, these stories are oral folklore collected into writing. In this case, these quote-unquote Uncle Remus stories were collected by an author named Joel Chandler Harris, a white man who collected these stories while he was apprenticing on a plantation in Georgia as a teenager. Joel Chandler Harris remains a controversial figure in literary history with many writers viewing his works as cultural appropriation and viewing the character of Uncle Remus as reflective of white paternalism. Nevertheless, many of the stories collected within this work have been verified by black authors such as Toni Morrison and Alice Walker as true to their African-American oral roots, and the main character, Rare Rabbit, directly parallels the character of the trickster hare of the Yorba people of Nigeria and Benin. In more recent years, there has been a push to reclaim these stories, by rewriting them to remove the racist elements, which can be seen especially in the work of Professor Julius Lester, a black folklorist and a university professor who sees the Uncle Remus stories as important records of black folklore. So, with all of this heavily in mind, I'll do my best to tell these stories in a way that gives them the respect they deserve. This first story, How Br'er Coon Gets His Meat, is adapted from the version adapted by Akbar Imhotep and Craig Dominey from the Moonlit Road podcast. If you're looking for a short stories podcast, I'd recommend giving these guys a try. I can always appreciate someone who cites their sources. Br'er Coon and Br'er Rabbit had something in common. They were both fishermen. The only difference was, while Br'er Rabbit fished for fish, Br'er Coon fished for frogs. This shared interest was a pillar in their friendship, and they could often be seen fishing together. That is, until the frogs started fighting back. One day, Br'er Coon was surprised to find that every time he tried to catch a frog, at the last second the frog would jump wildly away and warn all the other frogs, and they would all hide in the deeper water so Br'er Coon couldn't catch them. Br'er Coon wasn't fast enough, and day after day he had to return home empty-handed. Which, while not a great situation, might have at least been okay if not for one thing. Br'er Coon had a family, a wife and children and every day he had to return home to expectant little faces, only to tell them he hadn't caught a single frog. And every day his wife got more upset, worried that they couldn't feed their children. Things were looking bad. 
So, after several days of this, Br'er Coon was walking slowly toward the river, dragging his feet. He didn't know if he or his family could take another day of failure. He was so preoccupied that he almost literally ran into his friend Br'er Rabbit. Oh, hey, Br'er Coon, are... Are you okay? What's going on? You look absolutely miserable. Br'er Coon sighed. Hey, Br'er Rabbit, sorry about almost running into you. It's just... You see all those frogs in the river? I haven't been able to catch a single one the past few days. They've gotten too wild and fast for me, and without any frogs, the kids and the wife are going hungry. I'm just pretty down. Br'er Rabbit looked out at the frogs in the river. They were partying it up, splashing and having a good time, as Br'er Coon starved to death. As a fellow fisherman, Br'er Rabbit couldn't let this stand. So he turned to his friend and said, You know what? I'm going to help you catch every single frog on that river. Br'er Rabbit had a plan. A little while later, Br'er Coon was laid out on a sandbar on the river, his friend Br'er Rabbit sitting next to him with his head bowed in mourning. Br'er Coon wasn't moving. His friend Br'er Rabbit called out to the frogs hiding in the river. Hey frogs, Br'er Coon is dead. The frog leader, Big Frog, peeked out of his hiding place as the other frogs began peeking out of theirs. Big Frog was, understandably, skeptical. Mm, I don't believe it. No, I definitely don't believe it. But the raccoon wasn't moving, and his friend the rabbit was bowed over him, so... Maybe he was really dead? Curiosity began to get the better of all the frogs, and they got closer and closer. Br'er Coon lay there motionless, his emaciated body limp. Even flies were beginning to buzz near it. He really did seem to be dead. So eventually, one by one, the frogs all hopped onto the sandbar to check it out. And yeah, sure enough, the raccoon that had hunted them for so long was finally dead. The frogs began to hop up and down in excitement. Br'er Rabbit turned to the assembled frogs. Cool, cool, partying over my friend's corpse while I'm here. But, uh, you know what I'd do if I was a frog? I'd dig a hole so deep that this coon could never get out. Big Frog, wisely afraid of this new possibility of zombie raccoons, replied, Hey, that's actually a really good idea, let's do that! So all the frogs got their little frog shovels, which sound adorable, and began digging a hole around Br'er Coon. They dug for a while, and finally Br'er Frog told everyone to stop, and he yelled up to the rabbit, Hey, do you think this is deep enough? Br'er Rabbit peered down into the hole. Hmm, I don't know. Can you frogs still hop out of the hole? Big Frog looked around at the other frogs. Can we still... Yeah, probably. Why? Br'er Rabbit shook his head. Then the hole isn't deep enough. That's okay. You're just tiny frogs. I understand if you can't dig it any deeper. And with that, the frogs went back to work, digging deeper and deeper and deeper, until finally Big Frog said, Okay, this has got to be deep enough. Let's see what the rabbit thinks of this hole. Big Frog called up to Br'er Rabbit. How about now? Is it deep enough? Br'er Rabbit peered down into the hole, doing his best not to look too impressed at this feat of amphibian excavation. Hmm. Well, that depends. Can you get out? Big Frog looked around. Well, that's a weird way of judging depth, but... No, no we can't. Br'er Rabbit smiled. Perfect. Hey, Br'er Coon, get up. It's time to catch some frogs. And Br'er Coon opened his big black eyes and began grabbing frogs left and right. 
Br'er Rabbit threw down a sack, and after bagging up all the frogs, Br'er Coon climbed out of the hole, thanked his good friend Br'er Rabbit, and for the first time in days, he walked home with a spring in his step, looking forward to seeing his wife and children. They would finally have enough to last them. And that's the story of how Br'er Coon got his meat. The second story is Br'er Rabbit Falls Down the Well, a story about how trying to avoid doing your fair share can lead to some unforeseen consequences. One day, Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Br'er Coon and Br'er Bear and a lot of other animals decided to work together to plant a garden of corn. They started early in the morning and raked and dug, breaking up the hard ground so it would be soft enough to plant seeds in. It was a hot day, and Br'er Rabbit was getting tired. But, even though it felt agonizingly slow, he kept clearing away brush and other debris. After all, he didn't want to be called lazy. Then, he got an idea. Ow! Oh, oh shoot, I got a briar in my paw! He waved his paw and stuck it into his mouth. Almost all of the other animals looked at him sympathetically, and Br'er Coon told him he'd better pull out the briar and wash his hand. After all, he didn't want it to get infected. Luckily, that was just what Br'er Rabbit wanted to hear. He ran off, looking for a shady spot to... heal. By taking a quick nap, a little way down the road, he found an old well with a couple of buckets hanging inside it. One at the top of the well, and one down at the bottom. It's pretty hot. A bucket suspended above a cool well full of water? Hmm, that seems like a pretty good place to take a nap, Br'er Rabbit said. And without a second thought, he hopped into the bucket. Unfortunately, Br'er Rabbit had never taken a physics class. As soon as he hopped in, the bucket began to plummet down the well, displaced by the weight of a whole rabbit, and the empty bucket at the bottom of the well shot past Br'er Rabbit on its way to the top. Br'er Rabbit hung on for dear life as his bucket landed with a smack in the water and bobbed up and down. Br'er Rabbit was too scared to move, afraid the bucket would tip at any second. He was in trouble. Luckily for Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox had been watching him all morning. He was no fool, and even though he had been tricked by Br'er Rabbit too many times to count, he knew right away that Br'er Rabbit didn't have a briar in his paw. When Br'er Rabbit snuck off... Br'er Fox followed him and saw him jump into the bucket and disappear down the well. That was a new one. Why would Br'er Rabbit go down into a well? People throw money into wells sometimes. Then Br'er Fox got it. Oh, I bet he has some money hidden down there, and he's checking up on it. Clever bunny. Br'er Fox crept up to the well, listening closely to see if he could hear anything. Nothing. He peered down into the well but it was dark and quiet. Impatient to let Br'er Rabbit know the jig was up, Br'er Fox shouted down into the well, Br'er Rabbit, I know you're down there. What are you doing in that well? Br'er Rabbit perked up. Oh, Br'er Fox. This could be his chance. Down here? Oh, I'm just fishing, he called up. I thought I'd surprise everyone with a nice lunch. Fish, huh? Hmm, how many fish down there? asked Br'er Fox. He wasn't fooled. That rabbit was counting gold. He was sure of it. Almost too many to count, Br'er Rabbit yelled back. Why don't you come down here and help me carry them out? Well, that was all Br'er Fox needed to hear. Next stop, rabbit gold. How do I get down there? asked Br'er Fox. Br'er Rabbit grinned. Oh, it's super easy. Just jump into that bucket up top, Br'er Fox. Br'er Fox jumped into the empty bucket. 
And immediately, he realized he had made a mistake. His bucket plummeted down into the well, and Br'er Rabbit whizzed past him, clinging to the sides of the bucket he had been stuck in. Goodbye, Br'er Fox, he shouted. Br'er Rabbit jumped out of the well and ran back to the garden to tell the other animals that Br'er Fox had fallen into the well. They all had a good laugh, and Br'er Bear was moving to go get his friend when they heard a twig snap. A human hunter was in the forest. The animals ran and hid. Br'er Rabbit remembered his friend Br'er Fox, still trapped in the well. And, wow, that would be a terrible way to die, huh? So Br'er Rabbit hopped back to the well and shouted down a warning to Br'er Fox. There's a hunter coming this way to get a drink of water, Br'er Fox. As soon as he pulls that bucket up, run away as fast as you can. Then Br'er Rabbit went back to the garden patch and waited. And thanks to his warning, when the thirsty hunter pulled up the bucket to get a drink, Br'er Fox was faster than a gun, a wet red blur as he ran back to the garden. An hour later, Br'er Fox and Br'er Rabbit were both back in the garden, digging and moving debris. Every once in a while, though, Br'er Fox would look sideways at Br'er Rabbit and grin, and the two animals would laugh until their sides hurt. That's all for Br'er Rabbit. I hope you enjoyed these African-American folktales, and if you're curious about any of these stories, check out the show notes to find out more. Intro and outro music is by Scott Ethington. Lastly, if you like what you heard, please rate and review on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening, and remember, anyone can be a monster.